welcome back to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. This is I Love Basketball, and I'm your host, Sabrina Merchant. I am joined today by Anthony Irwin to discuss the best moments of this 2019-20 Lakers season, which you may have heard resulted in an NBA championship. Anthony, how are you doing? (laughs) Huh? Oh my God, this is awesome. Oh man, I've been watching nothing but the jump lately, and all they're talking about is like, whether LeBron is better than Michael Jordan, no like reason for why that conversation came up. I just, if you know, all I apparently like Laker fans have been buying a lot of paraphernalia. Like I, (laughs) that a thing. (laughs) Oh man. Look, Jackie McMullen is one of the most important figures in sports history. Like bar none, what she has done for women in sports coverage is just legitimately groundbreaking and, and trailblazing. That said, Boy, this was a rough playoffs for. This was just a tough one. This is a tough season. We all take our L's. Literally everybody on the face of the planet took their L's with playoff Rondo. But but today her rant about how Lakers fans are, what was the term that she used? They're a wait and see fan base because they they waited until after the championship to buy championship, uh, you know, apparel, which is only available after you win a championship. I'm, I'm so sorry that the Western Conference championship gear didn't sell as well as the NBA title <laughs> stuff. Gosh. Well, I guess by her standards, you know, she she has covered the Celtics for, for a very long time and is, is more adept in talking about the Boston kind of sports scene. They started rooting for Gordon Hayward while he was still the Utah Jazz. So... And Jay Crowder got really upset about it. So, like in that sense, yeah, I guess, I guess, you know, maybe the Lakers could follow Boston's lead by pissing off their own guys by rooting for uh, players for other teams. We kind of did that last season. We pissed off some of our own guys. Uh, remember uh, Lonzo Ball posting the "We ain't if, going nowhere after the trade deadline." If by "we" you mean LeBron, like sure. I guess we are all we honestly. After looking back on how much fun this season was, we actually are all LeBron. Like those moments where he just looked at it like, this is a wasted year of my life. I (laughs) I can't believe Lonzo Ball actually shoots like that. Why is this every, every night? And, and, and now to see how it all turned out, I can totally understand the frustration. I get it. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I, I was one of those people. I was tempted to buy some uh, Laker gear that showed up in my Instagram ads last week. It looked really cute. And I was like, you know what? If I just wait a few games, <laughs> I might be able to get number 17 title gear. I had to I had to use up my entire budget because I said on Twitter that if the Lakers won a championship, I would buy a Rajon Rondo jersey. Mm. And it is now in the mail. So it's going to be mounted right over there. Put it right next Where, to Kobe. What's that? <laughs> you can put it right next to Kobe. <laughs> No, no, that's Black <laughs> Panther, and then Kobe, and then Kobe's over here. Rondo yeah. gets his own wall. <laughs> well, the nice thing is where Rondo will be hung, the door will actually open up and co- mm. cover it from time to time. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I can I can pretend I, I didn't quote unquote lose that bet, which I didn't really lose. Like it meant that the Lakers won a won a championship. I'll take it. I mean, I honestly don't really see what, what the loss was here. Like you had, you had to sacrifice a little bit of money, but like nobody else benefited from this. <laughs> so <laughs> whoever like set this bet did not uh, 
think through the terms very clearly. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, it was me who set the bet. Oh, like, there we go. Me betting against myself, which was basically the entire AD trade feed, like saga. The <laughs> Lakers betting against themselves. So I didn't learn anything from my own criticism. Did not really think through the terms of that deal, did you? <laughs> What does what does Twitter get if Rondo if the Lakers don't win a championship? Oh, way to go, Anthony was reading against the Lakers the entire time. Stupid. <laughs> oh well, I mean, as as fun as it was, you know, to have uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron on this team, I think uh, we talked about this last week, right? How like it was the the, the day that every uh, national media member discovered that the Lakers have a bench and depth and like actual players yeah. that complement you know, those two superstars. And I thought it might be a little fun today to just talk about those guys, because as you mentioned, uh, most of the coverage these days has been devoted to how close is Anthony Davis to LeBron James to being the best player on the Lakers or potentially in the world. And how close mm-hmm. is LeBron James to Michael Jordan to being the best player ever, um, which are great conversations, you know, perfectly valid topics of conversation. <laughs> My speed is more, you know, what can we get out of Rajon Rondo? <laughs> yeah. It's just... It's the same conversation. Like Bomani, who I love, Bomani mm-hmm. is like in, insanely talented in this thing. But he's like of the notion that there is nothing LeBron can do to pass Michael Jordan. How little fun is that? I think it's just like you grow up with a certain, you know, star that you love and idolize. And it's just really hard to change that perception. So mm-hmm. for a certain generation, I understand that Michael is just, like he's God, right? He's black Jesus. Yeah. You mm-hmm. cannot go above him. And I, I respect that. I mean, if you come into the argument with that point, like this is where I'm at. I understand that LeBron James is an excellent basketball player, but I, he was not playing when I was eight to 12 years old. I get that. We're yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's all, it is, it does kind of harken back. Like when were you between the ages of 10 and like 16? Mm-hmm. That's usually who you consider like the best players that you've ever seen. Right. Because at that age, you start really understanding the sport, understanding like what you're kind of seeing out there. And they actually look like superheroes. They still do. Like there was the, the Jimmy Butler and, and Dwight Howard like wrestling match, which was a scene from Pacific Rim. Like it was just, it was incredible to see two guys with that physique. physique. It looked like a Marvel movie. And, uh, but when you're that age and you're that impressionable, I could kind of see why that's, that those are the guys that you, you go for. And that's why it's, you know, forever Shaq and Kobe for me, because yeah. that's, that's done 16. I mean, more so Kobe than Shaq because we lost him during that stage, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's why I held so long to the rings debate. <laughs> that's what I had. Five is more than four or whatever else you got. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Still more than what LeBron has. Still, Still. more than four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So we, Anthony. We cornered that discussion too, by the way, like it is now. Oh Yeah. Oh yeah, LeBron passed, uh, tied Kobe. Well, we won on that end of the deal too, because guess who's <laughs> winning those championships for? How about that? <laughs> Still another banner for the Lakers. <laughs> yeah, right, right. He won this for Kobe, so technically Kobe has six now. Like, <laughs> oh man, I'm so excited for my "I Want My Damn Respect" two shirt. That's the one I ordered. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, that's, I, I like that shirt. I, I like that because everybody out there has that moment. Like you could wear that shirt and even if people have no idea who the hell LeBron James is, like you can, you, you can just walk around and people realize, you know what? She wants her respect too. I dig it. Yeah. It's, 
I could wear that around my house and still not <laughs> receive any of it. <laughs> Turn that shirt inside out. <laughs> oh, that's All, right. All right. So you had kind of a fun idea for what we could do today, Anthony. Um, well, it's your idea. I just added to it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's let's flush it out then. Mm-hmm. Um, you wanted to draft moments or players on this Lakers team? Well, I figured we would draft players. Okay. And then, you know, talk about our favorite moments from those guys' seasons. Okay. And then in aggregate, we can put it to the audience and see which which team of moments uh, wins this thing. Gotcha. Okay. Um you, you I'm gonna let first. you go. Okay, I go no, first. You go first. All right. Uh, I think it's pretty clear that. Uh, so let's establish uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are not in this draft because. Uh, yeah. I mean, they they would go one two anyway. Um, but they just have way too many moments. I think for us to talk about any of the other players and end this podcast within like less than ninety minutes. So, uh, <laughs> just uh, for clarity, those two are not yep. going to be here. Uh, all right, my first pick. All the attention since the since the championship. Like my first pick is going to be Alex Caruso. Ah, all right. I, I just think it's high value because uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was a different direction I thought about going. <laughs> all right. So if you're, are we doing? Are we going like you, me, me, you? We can snake it. Yeah. All right. All right. So I'll go. So you're going Alex Caruso. Mm-hmm. I will go. I'm going to go Dwight Howard. Okay. Is my first overall pick. I think that's a good one. And then I'm going to play to the crowd and go Quinn Cook. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I did not see this coming at all. I'll explain it. I'll explain it. You'll understand when I get there. All right. All right. This is uh, this is very much a sentimentality moment that we're going for is what Mm -hmm. I'm, what I'm guessing. All right. (laughs) Quinn Cook and Dwight Howard are off the board. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I am going to take KCP. Uh, that's a, that's probably where I should have gone, but oh well. And uh, I'm trying to think how much you're going to play to the crowd and how much you're actually going to take people whose moments you enjoy. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going like to take soulless uh, bastard who didn't actually enjoy any of these moments. I'm, I'm going to take with my third pick. I will take Kuzma. All right. Hmm. Is Kuzma's going to be his blonde hair? Is that what you're... It's his Christmas Day outfit. <laughs> Is that the super baggy one? This was like was the incredible. teal suit with like the fishnet um, undershirt <laughs> and the bell-bottom pants. <laughs> I notice I a actually... new detail every time I look at it. I was pissed because like I wore that that day and <laughs> no one was talking about you. Yeah. What the hell? I thought I pulled it off better too. It matches my eyes. All right. So we'll go. Jared Dudley. <laughs> and screw it. I'm going Rajon Rondo. Okay. So I think, and then you have. I have one more. Two, two picks more, here. Two more, yeah, yeah. Two more picks, and then I have one more. Okay. All right. So who's who's left on the team here? I've, I just didn't see you going in any of these directions. <laughs> All right. I'm going to take Taylor Horton Tucker. Ooh, that's a good one. And I'm also going to take. Hmm. 
we're just going off of a certain moment. I'm going to go Danny Green. Okay. All right. I'm going to go Kosas of Tentacombo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Um, I'm just going to say, first of all, that my five would destroy yours in basketball. (laughs) That's not what we drafted for. (laughs) All right. Um, All right. So, so honorable mention, J.R. Smith, like Mm -hmm. had one of the best calls of the year. Of course. (laughs) Where it was like, and J.R. Smith's shirt's already off. It was so good. (laughs) It was, it was the best thing Jeff and Gundy did the entire postseason. <laughs> it was so good. I hope that's how he signs off. Like that was his last call. And then that's a, you know, he's now a coach. Yeah. Um, um, Dion waiters. Any- it's not exactly his moment, but I don't know if you listened to that ESPN daily episode with Pablo Torre, um, where he talked about, uh, like he was, he was ending on a high this season. It's <laughs> going high, <laughs> high and higher. <laughs> Um, that's what I'll remember about this Dion Waiters season. Well, what a what a wild year! Like he goes from edibling because you can't say smoking, right? He didn't smoke, but edibling his way off of Miami mm-hmm. and then beating Miami in the finals. Except being inactive for the entire six game series. <laughs> Icon. It's all that's even better. Like I didn't even have to do anything. I didn't do a single thing here. Mm-hmm. I have my ring. All right, so we'll uh, why don't we go? Do you want to go our first couple moments and then and then throw the break? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, right. so uh, I guess I don't have to go in like any particular order. Uh, I'm going to start with Danny Green just because I think uh, this moment just it's like it has to be the Danny Green moment. Uh, November, like one of the first few games of the season, I think it was the first road game other than like the Clippers road game. He hits that mm-hmm. three pointer against Dallas, send the game into overtime. Yeah. White Howard has the lovely <laughs> le- screen of questionable legality. <laughs> to Kirk free is him. still pissed about it. Makes me so happy. <laughs> uh, Danny Green hits the shot, like does a little thing with his hands as he's walking to the bench. And it's like, Oh yeah, that's why we signed this guy. Mm-hmm. Hits big shots. Um, just solid quality defender. Obviously he could have had a much bigger moment that I would have used probably with the number one pick in this draft, but didn't. That's okay. Uh, Mm -hmm. I love Danny Green. He's like the one Carolina guy I actually liked when he was at Carolina. Um, Even if he won every single Duke game at Cameron Indoor Stadium, but yeah, love Danny. (laughs) Huge shot, back-to-back champion, three separate teams. Now you can potentially say he's the secret behind those teams, not Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's my Danny Green moment, the, the shot against Dallas. It was it was a really big moment for the Lakers. They hadn't really beaten anybody that good. Uh, they won a really big game coming back on the road. It was just a really good start to the season. Danny Green also had that super cool game where he dunked it, right? The put-back dunk and then immediately got drug tested. Yes, that's a good one too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so my favorite moment is the last moment of the season from Dwight Howard where he ends the game on a logo three-pointer. Like, just off the dribble, <laughs> little shake, just money. Uh, I thought there was also that, like, one random stretch where he just started – he started dueling Ben Simmons for three-pointers on the season. Oh, yes, like, percentage-wise, yes. Yeah, <laughs> he hit one. And then, like, my running joke became Dwight Howard has now hit more three-pointers than Ben Simmons. So Simmons hit one. And then Dwight would hit one. <laughs> Dwight Howard is once again leading Ben Simmons. I kind of think that Dwight wound up hitting more three-pointers than Ben Simmons this year. But yeah, in terms of just, you know, feel-good moments, it doesn't get much better than 
the last shot that any Laker hit this season? I mean, it's not the Dwight moment I would have gone with, but it's a good okay. one. What was your What was your moment for Dwight? I really liked Game Four against the Nuggets when he just mm-hmm. had like every single offensive rebound in the first quarter and was yeah. like, "Suck it, Jokic! I'm gonna <laughs> stop doing the Batman jokes, but I'm still a good basketball player." <laughs> yeah, I, the other moment that I considered was that one between the legs pass that LeBron threw that Dwight like had had. I hate using this term because. Like with Derrick Rose, he makes a single layup. Like vintage Derrick Rose, but <laughs> but like it was actually kind of a vintage Dwight dunk where he took off like you know maybe a couple steps inside of the the free throw line and and threw it down, had the full extension and all that stuff too. So, but yeah, the I mean, it's it just it just so perfectly encapsulated this season for Dwight that the last shot of the Lakers championship run was him hitting a three for some reason. <laughs> like, I mean, it just it summed up how weird this year was for him. I really loved it because like the theme I have of this Lakers team is just sheer dominance, right? They just bullied other teams. Yeah. And yeah. a consequence <laughs> of that was that we got a lot of garbage time. And mm-hmm. that was the only time when the bigs got to take threes and JaVale and Dwight loved it. They loved yes. coming into games <laughs> and just chucking threes at the end of games. Uh, I think they did it against Houston in game five too, a close out of that series. So yeah, it just felt very like true to the Lakers that this would happen, even though it was the closeout game of the NBA finals. And like, no, this is just what the Lakers do. They goof around and they work really hard and they win by big margins. So they get to do stupid stuff at the end of games. That's perfect. That's perfect. All right. Uh, oh, well, I guess, I guess we should probably go to break. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's go to break and then we'll come back and uh, get the other eight. All right. So our favorite moments of each I mean, non-LeBron, Anthony Davis, Laker this season. We already hit Danny Green and Dwight Howard. I'm going to take it to Taylor Horton Tucker. I think this one's pretty obvious. Uh, It's the the game against Houston where, for some reason, Frank Vogel put him into the game in the second quarter, not garbage time, like real high leverage (laughs) minutes. Legitimately big game. Uh, Could not believe what was happening. And he just goes and scores like seven points, has this like beautiful little reverse finish around the rim like takes a step back in James Harden's face tries to post Mm -hmm. him up on another possession doesn't go quite as well uh (laughs) has a couple steals I mean the Lakers do not exactly have a lot of future assets on this team and I'm I'm not you know I'm not upset about that I understand where they went like I totally agree with the decision making but it's Mm -hmm. nice that we have one super cool young player who's got these freaky measurements and whose arms just go on for days and days and who kind of looks like he can actually play basketball uh I was so hyped during that moment in the rocket series. It was so much fun. Uh, Like, I'm not sure what he's going to turn into, but he's a clutch client. So he's probably gonna be on the Lakers forever and ever. And I'm really (laughs) excited that he's a part of this team. He's going to be, he's going to be Frank Vogel's replacement at the end of his uh, career. I'm always going to remember that moment for uh, THT because like you talked about, he had that one layup where his arm fully extends, right? And he has an incredible farmer's hand and it looks, it looks so much like his arm was like a Frankenstein arm mm. where, or, or even better uh, on like action figures, the, the, the way that you get like this kind of motion that allows you to move the character's elbow, they had to cut like just above the bicep so that you can so you can make that motion mm-hmm. and it it made <laughs> his farmer's tan made it look like that kind of 
this because eventually you're going to get some discoloration between the different parts of the toy mm -hmm. and he looked like that that action figure from <laughs> where for some reason his arm is just a completely different color from his like upper bicep down so yeah, yeah. Honorable he, mention for THT uh, when he said that he had to drink orange juice while all the other guys were drinking wine when they were hanging out in the bubble. Uh, I don't know if he was being honest or not, but I appreciate the, you know, little throw in to say, hey, I know how old I am. <laughs> I, he, knew, he didn't say, he didn't specify as to whether or not there was anything in the orange juice. No, he did not. Could have been mimosa, you know. I mean, yeah. Obviously, orange juice is not the best choice for a mimosa, but it's a, it's it a standard not. choice, you know. I'm proud to do this. I, I well. How did we go? Like we're beyond the break now. We haven't even talked about your your Jeopardy run. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody listening to the show. I dropped the ball on that one. Can we just like quickly tangent over here? And okay. I just I have like I have questions. I, what's Alex Trebek like? Sure. Is does like does does the set look like it's been the same from from like 1982? Like okay. I just like, what, what was the experience like? All right. So I have uh, been a habitual Jeopardy watcher for most of my life. Um, mm -hmm. When I was younger, my parents only let me watch one hour of television a day. So I would not watch Jeopardy just because it was too hard. I'd usually watch like Wheel of Fortune and Supermarket Sweep, but game show is very much my wheelhouse. Yeah. Um, so I know what the set looks like. I mean, they kind of update it every so often. Like, you know, they change the colors a little bit and like, but it's it's all very much the same. The only real difference now is that the, contestant stations are a little bit further apart just to maintain some sort of social distance Makes which sense. is whatever you know it's fine mm -hmm. still looks the same um Trebek was delightful uh he has a lot of sass when he's conducting the show you know uh <laughs> sort of like looks at you like you really should have known that when you miss an answer <laughs> but couldn't have been more pleasant when he actually talked with us afterwards said some very nice things even though I got trucked by another guy on the show uh so that was that was very kind of him um, it was honestly like there were so many weird things about filming a television show during the pandemic. Like I had to wear a mask all day. I had to like do my mm. own makeup and like someone was directing me from, you know, five feet away about like how to do it. Uh, <laughs> oh I had gosh. to like mic myself up and like all these like little things, like they couldn't feed us snacks during the day because we weren't allowed to like, you know, demask indoors. And like, you'd think all these things would take away from the experience. And yet it was entirely a dream come true just to like stand on that podium or I think yeah. technically it's a lectern, but, um, and just be there like with Trebek saying my name and like, you know, <laughs> directing me to go on. I, I just, it's yeah. One of those things I'm, I'm absolutely never going to forget. It was, it was so cool. And like, even like did during the game, you, when like, I realized while you were like, did it while you're standing up there, like the first question that you like hit the button for yeah. was your, was your heart? Just it was like Jennifer Aniston. I was like, yes, <laughs> I'm finally on the board. <laughs> um, it's funny because so I'm on the West Coast and like people were messaging me all day, like leading up to uh, when it eventually aired on the West Coast, because like it airs at totally different times all over the place. Like I think in Chicago, mm -hmm. it airs at 3.30 PM local time. Yeah. So I'm literally getting text messages at 1.30, like in the day and people are, you know, saying like, oh, this answer is so funny. And like, I could not remember a damn thing. Like I blacked out for most of it, <laughs> but I yeah. do remember the very first one was Jennifer Aniston. And like, even when, you know, it became very clear during Double Jeopardy that I, I did not have a chance of catching the leader. Um, mm -hmm. I just sort of sat there and I was like, this is like, this is very cool, but I'm still here. You know, yeah. I got the buzzer in hand. My name is on screen. <laughs> like awesome. Alex Rebecca had to share a, a weird 30 seconds talking to me about some random story that was on a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought like, yeah, it was, it was the most, 
the most random but so awesome moment where it was like, yeah, our contestants today are Sabrina from, I don't know, I don't remember where you're from. And it was just like, wait, what? <laughs> I just talked to her 24 hours prior and she didn't say anything about this. I, I mean, I messaged it on the Slack. I never know how much you actually read on the Slack or yeah, read I, in I, general, I, really. That's a, <laughs> that's on me. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I'll have my moments where I dip in and I share a few uh, messages and stuff like that, and then I generally hop back out. It's hard to do that stuff. Like today, for example, I was I was on Slack, and in the time that I was on Slack, Avery took out a one of those Glade plugin thingies. Okay, took out the whole like took it completely apart, and now is going to smell like Glade plugin. <laughs> For this entire, this, Jen just finished telling my 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 mother and father in law how great a dad I am. I'm like, oh yeah, he's cooked the last few nights in a row. He watches Avery all day, and then he works all night, and then he wakes up all early in the morning to be with her while I'm I'm at work. And he, the, she just finished telling uh, Roger and Linda about that. And this weekend, we're going to be with them all weekend for four straight days, starting tomorrow morning. And your daughter's going to smell like my daughter smells, smells like vanilla or something. <laughs> it's a pleasant smell you know yeah like there are worse ways this could have gone yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true that's true it's right by the trash can so shouts to avery for, for having good instincts got that from mom um all right so you went you went with Taylor horton tucker that's correct yeah yeah all right i have i'm just gonna go with the coasters knock this one out early okay <laughs> so i think it was all-star weekend and all of the Antetokounmpo brothers all took their picture together. And this is technically a Palinka moment, but I'm counting it for Costas. Palinka's there in the background like, huh. Hey, guys. What are you guys up to? <laughs> and I'm, you know, Costas had, had, had a relatively quiet season for, for the most part. But, and then there was also the moment where uh, Giannis said how special it was to have both his brothers also in the bubble with him. And now Kostas gets to tell Giannis what a title run is about from, from firsthand experience and, and how that's something that if Giannis is interested in it, that he could maybe experience as well. So, so shouts to Kostas. We've already seen with KCP, the, the groundwork laid by the Lakers and then the, those, those back channels established and then, allowing that stuff to come to fruition costas with that picture right there in, in palenka just happy to be there it's was, it's an uh, iconic awesome. picture just truly it's, incredible it's so picture that palenka's just there on the left hand side like hey, this is yeah. interesting <laughs> it was great too because like i always seem to misplace it and every time i i ask for it on in slack it's just an immediate bang yeah <laughs> Like it's right there. People have it like as their back, their, their desktop background or something yeah. like that. That's a good one. Um, okay. I guess I'm gonna move on to Alex Caruso. Yeah. Okay. There are there are a lot of choices. The LeBron of this here. category. The LeBron of this category, I would say. A uh, lot, lot of choices I could have gone with. Uh, several impressive dunks. Uh, the one on James Johnson earlier in the season when we played Miami's personal favorite. Although James Johnson tried his darndest to get out of the picture when Caruso <laughs> dunked on him. Yeah. Um, just a lot of really great moments. There was that one where like he dunks and Dwight and LeBron are jumping right behind him. And it's, yeah. you know, 
the creation of all the bald eagle memes. Like there's a lot of good things to go with. <laughs> I'm going to go a little, a little off book here. Okay. Um, after what was it? Game two or game three of the rocket series. Uh, we unearthed some audio of Houston Rockets. <laughs> yes, podcast. I'm so proud of you. I'm <laughs> Sabrina. I'm so proud. I'm going to retire. <laughs> I turned you into a monster. <laughs> I was just watching this again yesterday and I'm just for no reason. I just pulled it up. <laughs> um because our 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 lovely uh harrison's wife mia said a nice video to this about you know which i just it's it's just great theater uh so the the houston rockets sb nation podcast uh, the hosts were a little disappointed that they were losing the series not just to the combined excellence of lebron james and anthony davis but also to someone who doesn't have the the profile of an nba star like alex caruso (laughs) and he was just so mad that they were losing the Caruso. Alex Caruso. What nope. do you have? What do you have? Sixteen points. <laughs> you can very see him, like hear him, look off camera to find a to, find the to box. Find score. how many points <laughs> and be taken by surprise by how oh many points he scored. Um. Yeah. Just just the reaction that Caruso inspires in the general public is something to behold, and I'm. I've known for a very long time that Alex Caruso is an excellent basketball player. I credit uh, Ben Rosales of Lakers Twitter for really cluing me in at the start mm-hmm. because he watches far more G League than I do. Uh, but just the way the rest of the NBA fandom experiences him, like yes. that we got to see that during these playoffs uh, is a treat. Um, it's, I mean, it's, I, I hope he did, like, it doesn't seem like I'm debasing what Caruso actually does in a basketball court because I think he's a fantastic player. Obviously it's just, that moment was so so funny <laughs> and that caruso got to like show off what he can do on actual real life nba stage you know in the playoffs not just on a two-way you know he hits that big three in the houston series when it seemed like the lakers were just trying to give the game away at the end of game four or something like i i'll always have we'll always have that podcast it was just <laughs> such great audio <laughs> He might be heading towards like if he has even like a decent season next year, mm-hmm. let alone if he takes a step forward, which I think it's possible because he seems like a really hard worker. Um, if he takes even a step forward, he could be making like 10 plus million dollars a year, yeah, you know, pretty easily. I think. I mean, Patrick Beverly insane. is on a three or 40 million dollar contract. You can't convince me that he's a better player than Alex Caruso. I agree. I agree. People got really angry at Mike Trudell for saying that Caruso is better than Lou Williams. I don't even think that's debatable anymore. I, I really don't think. One of these guys does not get played off the floor in the NBA playoffs. <laughs> Caruso was pivotal, pivotal in the uh, NBA finals. Like, mm-hmm. shout, Tell me when Lou Williams has that kind of a moment. The other, like, I, I was going to say, if, if you didn't go with the one that you went with, which is perfect, that's the Caruso moment to go with. But just in general, I remember earlier there was like a whole tweet thread from somebody i want to say somebody who follows the bucks or something like that who was angry and actually tallied up the number of tweets bleacher report has sent about alex caruso and then as people like that started to learn more and more that no actually he's legit to the point where he's so legit he's the most productive lebron teammate ever just in terms of sheer net rating Mm -hmm. uh, alongside lebron like that watching people either come to learn about that stuff and actually acknowledge how good Caruso is and dig deeper into like why he is as productive as he is uh, or go the other way 
and just <laughs> refuse to acknowledge it the way that you're talking about it in your moment. That was that was some of my favorite trends over the course of the uh, over the course of the season. That's just, a good one. Just an all time great Laker, really, Alex Caruso. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to his statue. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, all right, I'm going to go at the same position here and go with Rajon Rondo for my next moment. Another quick tangent. Apparently, now according, this is according to Chris Sheridan, so green of salt, but apparently uh, there are some people around the league saying that uh, Rondo is going to opt out of his player option. I kind of understand it. May as well. You're going to get paid the same amount of money uh, anyway, and maybe you can convince the Lakers to give you another one-on-one. Uh, so I, I get it. Do you have any thoughts beyond that on that? I mean, he's already making the minimum, so it's not like it disrupts with the Lakers' flexibility at all, which is yeah. great. You know, I'd be a little disappointed if it did that, but uh, maybe he thinks he can get more money somewhere else, just cash in on one last contract, considering he had such an excellent playoff run. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it, it only makes sense, right? Like he has to capitalize on this moment when his value is higher than it's been in years, right? And, yeah. And I don't think it really affects the Lakers materially, so uh, nope. hope hopefully we bring him back whoa oh my god what the- <laughs> what? 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 Uh, what what is going on he could um, just take like the first you know a few months off and then we could just sign him on the buyout deadline <laughs> save all the pain of the first few months um uh, that right there that moment right there where we said we hope the, the lakers bring him back is is my moment for Rajon rondo <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it has to be playoff Rondo, like playoff Rondo actually being a thing. And, you know, it, it, this is what I say every time I criticize the Lakers or I am pessimistic about an aspect of whatever they're doing. I always say, I hope to God I'm wrong. I, I And actually, generally speaking, unless it's about the Celtics, right? Then, you know, I if I am not high on a player coming out of college, I hope I'm wrong. I I'm hope I'm proven wrong because all that means is there's another really good player in the NBA. Uh, here with Rajon Rondo, I don't think there's a person on the face of the planet, or, or not very many, if there are, who legitimately thought that Rondo was not just capable of like stepping up from time to time on, you know, while the Lakers try to win a championship, but to become one of the most impactful players. Like, do you think he's a top five impact player on the Lakers? The, I would say four in the postseason. It's crazy. What yeah. the hell? <laughs> the first two were LeBron James and Anthony Davis. There's one player separating them, and it's and it's Rondo. Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, I I wrote a story on Silver Screen Roll earlier this playoffs about like a no 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 yes ranking of all of Rajon Rondo's <laughs> yes, that's threes. A great one. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I even as the good things were happening, my brain still couldn't process it. You know, like it's. Yeah. There were so many individual games where Rondo was just so excellent. I mean, I, I know you just like generally referred to playoff Rondo. For me, the one that sticks out was again against Houston where he just picked Harden's pocket on consecutive possessions. And it's just like, yeah. all right, we're going to play defense, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah. You do you, Rondo. <laughs> it's a good one. I, I, I actually think in the, in the same realm, if I had to pick a single uh, moment, it actually came in a loss. But when he just decided to start mauling Jamal Murray, like he just decided, I'm just gonna start punching him. And and ref, if you call it, screw it. We're down by 12 with a minute to go. Who cares? Uh, and I, and I, I actually think where that was important was 
it reminded the Lakers of what their identity was, right? Like all year, it was, we are going to be super physical, just like the Seattle Seahawks secondary back during the Legion of Boom era, where the ref isn't going to call everything. And if they do, people are going to be pissed about it on Twitter and they won't do it again the next time. So, so I, I think uh, like that moment where he just kind of reminded everybody, guys, we're supposed to be the physical ones. Screw it if we foul out. It's not going to happen twice. And, and then going out and, and, and doing that, I thought was super important. So shouts to Rajon Rondo. Get your money, man, somewhere else. And then get bought out and then come. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so I have two guys left. I'm going to go with Kuzma right now. Uh, I, I was fairly certain you were not going to draft Kyle Kuzma, but I wanted to take him anyway because I, I genuinely adore <laughs> Kyle Kuzma. Um, aside from his you know myriad fashion choices, uh, I think the the Kuzma moment, I have a couple. I need mm-hmm. to narrow it down to one. Uh, Bubble Kuzma really was just an entirely different player than regular season wild. Kuzma. Um, mm-hmm. And it it sort of like crystallized for me in the first seeding game when we played the Clippers. And Kuzma like effectively defended Kawhi Leonard on multiple possessions. And yeah. like I've, I've watched this clip uh on the athletic of like five Kuzma defensive possessions just over and over again. And I'm like, the positioning is good. Like he gets into Kuzma, like Kawhi's body. <laughs> like he prevents yeah. him from getting to his spots, uh, effectively contests shots. He's got length, you know, he's like not getting bullied around for position. I mean, I, in my wildest dreams about Kuzma, I never considered him like, Oh, he's our defensive ace off the bench. Mm-hmm. That's not what I thought his path was, you know, to earning minutes on this team. And clearly I was wrong because it's not like he added a ton offensively. I would say like he was more inconsistent than not on that end, but mm-hmm. him turning into a valuable defensive contributor. And then as long as we're talking about bubble Kuzma, I'm going to mention the three pointer against Denver. Cause that was so much fun. Oh, so okay. much fun. <laughs> Even if it was a seating game that didn't matter or anything. Yeah. He, uh, he shot it over like yeah, 10 foot yeah. six bull bull, you know, like that's important. These mm-hmm. are, you know, meaningful things. Uh, and it of course portended the, Anthony Davis three-pointer against Denver that would come later but mm-hmm. yeah so bubble coups um just you know shutting down the Clippers in like the first game of the restart uh really good times uh, showing that he could potentially be like a valuable player going forward for the Lakers which was a point of contention for much of the regular season which I can see is still a point of contention for you but <laughs> yeah I don't that's I my don't guy know. The, t- the tough thing with Kuz is that the, the highs are so high and the highs show the potential for, to be like one of the most important kinds of role players that mm-hmm. a team can possibly have a three and D wing. The lows are also so low, <laughs> you know, see, I, would, I would argue that like in the bubble, we didn't really get those lows. Yeah, I know. I, in, 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 yeah, that's, that's absolutely fair. I think that's absolutely fair. Uh, but I also think I told it to, to, to Sedano on my show um, that I think given his age right now, it wouldn't necessarily shock me if I don't think he asks for a trade or anything like that, but he would be okay with being traded to a team where he can have a bigger role, earn some more money, and then eventually return to this role that he showed he might be able to fill down the line. Yeah, it's, we'll I mean, it's true. I, have, I have no idea what he wants, and the Lakers certainly are not going to extend him unless it's a huge bargain this offseason. So, yeah, yeah, um, I, I, I think it'd be a waste of cap space if they extended him right now. 
I think Absolutely. you got to make him show like what you make him show that he's, he's, you know, those highs are for real before you, before yeah. you pay him for those highs. Yeah. But I mean, I, I wrote about this on the, on the site today, but like, I just love having a guy that the Lakers actually drafted, you know, who factored into a championship run, regardless yeah. of how important you think he was, he, he was in the rotation every single game and he was important. And when he didn't play well, like those minutes hurt, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad the Lakers have one of those, you know, one of our guys. Yeah. After all those years fighting over best core this and best core that yeah. and best core this, we actually have like a member of the core who I mean, actually. Of course, I've been a Laker for three years. If you know, in South Bay for a lot of that time, it's still a Laker. Kinda. He wasn't a part of the core, and he was playing behind Tyler Ennis. Like anybody playing behind. It's Tyler not his Ennis. fault that he was playing behind Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, let's go. All right, so I have so I've done Dwight, I've done Costas, I've done Rondo. I drafted Quinn Cook and who was Dudley. my last one? And Dudley. All right, Dudley, Dudley's the one I'm going to go with now. And it came today where he announced to everybody that the Lakers also were laughing at the Clippers for losing that game seven to the Denver Nuggets. It's so great. I wish his delivery on it was better, mm-hmm. you know, because he was like, yeah, we were laughing. But he immediately went into like, athlete we wanted to play them speak mm. i wish he actually would have started laughing and really started trashing the clippers for for talking so much over the course of the season and subtweeting the lakers on every potential opportunity to do so i had no idea that they had put up a Kawhi bell board outside of the practice facility at nelson yeah i did not know that yeah I, it's just it's just wild like all the things that the clippers did to announce that they arrived without ever actually arriving you know uh but i thought i thought dudley like gave me an opportunity to go back and replay the beginning of locked on lakers where harrison pete and i just just laughed it was planned that we were going to laugh it was not planned that i was not going to get through welcome everybody to locked on lakers <laughs> like it, it, it was <laughs> that was not i the plan was to laugh i got maybe five words into this thing and and we start we all started busting up and apparently uh jared dudley and the rest of the lakers feel the same way about those clippers i will always appreciate jared dudley's candor i mean i love when he went after i don't think that he went after but like he and patrick beverly had like a little exchange on twitter during the restart about like dudley was saying that you know people have soft tissue injuries and we got to make sure that everyone's taken care of you know when they come Mm -hmm. back to play after such a long time beverly's like oh no basketball is basketball like this is year-round sport like we're always ready to play and then Sure. I'm sorry. They were conditioning reports like, coming out of a certain <laughs> team that was not the Lakers. Uh, Literally anybody paying any attention to the Clippers said bullshit to, to, to <laughs> Beverly saying that we're ready night in, night out. What oh, are you God. talking about? Yeah. Uh, Dudley's great. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to add like a little sidebar to Dudley. There was this one moment the Lakers played Orlando earlier in the year and Dwight got a rebound and just got hit, you know, like normal level hit. He sort mm-hmm. of just extends his arms to like clear some room there's like yeah mild mild tension between these two guys and dudley just comes charging in from the three-point line and like bowls over like three separate guys i'm just like he said he was gonna do it he said i'm gonna take flagrance when my guys get attacked and i like it he followed through so i I, there was also the stretch to the very beginning of the season where he didn't miss a three-pointer and uh, I didn't make a bet on it or anything like that, but the thought crossed my mind, given how little he was going to play this year, mm-hmm. that he might finish the year as a perfect three-point shooter. <laughs> so I, I like Dudley a ton. I mean, Me I don't. I honestly thought he was going to play more. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe if the Lakers hadn't gotten Markeith Morris, that would have happened. But uh, mm-hmm. 
I'm just, everyone seems to love him. They all adore him. His, his IG live from the locker room after they won the title <laughs> where he just sits next to Kuz and says, this guy, he bought into his role and now he's going to get paid. And then Kuz goes, say that one more time. <laughs> this guy's going to get paid. <laughs> you need, you need somebody like that who just talks everybody up and makes everybody like happy to be around. It's, I love Jared Dudley. What a good guy. I think Dudley is going to be really important for Kuz because, because mm-hmm. while I said a second ago that, you know, maybe Kuz thinks the way he gets paid is to go out and play a bigger role mm-hmm. on maybe a worse team. I don't know, given the shift to winning and the metrics being so important nowadays, you could make a real argument that the way a guy can get paid is just to play on this Lakers team one more year, show that you can be that guy. And then the Lakers, dude, Jeannie Buss loves Kyle Kuzma. Loves him. The, the entire organization, everybody I have ever spoken to that is even remotely involved with the Lakers, they all love Kyle Kuzma. And if he shows that he's worthy of an extension after next year, showing that you know he can actually fulfill that three and d role and be a very important player to winning basketball mm-hmm. he's gonna get paid he's gonna yeah. get a ton of money and and also like he doesn't get that puma deal if he if he isn't a laker that doesn't happen and i think he knows that too so i think that's where jared dudley whispering in his ear like here's how you actually get paid sustainably mm-hmm. like maybe you get one deal off of playing you know scoring a bunch of points on a bad team but the way that you actually get sustainably paid is just to, to win year in, year out, the way Danny Green has. Yeah, uh, yeah Jared Dudley. That was a good pick. Um, okay, my last pick was KCP. Oh, this one's going to be a little less fun just because uh, it's it's just purely basketball-related. Uh, KCP, yeah. game four, down the stretch, uh, hits the hits the three-pointer off of a LeBron transition pass in the corner, very next mm-hmm. play, he just hard drives to the bucket hits a layup over Duncan Robinson who apparently was just chirping at him the entire series. I don't think KCP liked that very much. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that he was <laughs> able to exact some measure of comeuppance against him, but you know, this guy, this guy was getting booed at the start of the season. He missed, mm-hmm. I think every shot he took in the first game against the Clippers, the Lakers did him no favors by making him guard Kawhi Leonard. His, he, he had a wedgie, a layup wedgie before he actually made a shot this season and his first bucket came on a goaltend. Like he didn't even get to see the ball go You're into right. the basket. You're right. Like, this is what KCP had to start the season as. And then he, he just, you know, kept working, kept working. He always plays so hard, so much energy. That's why they put him into the starting lineup when Avery Bradley was unable to come to Orlando. He, again, 0 of 9, the first playoff game against Portland. All the chatter starts coming again. And what does he do? He just shoots 40% every single playoff series until the finals. And even then, like, he was still so excellent at, you know, chasing Duncan Robinson off the line. Somehow, like, had five assists in one game, which, you know, what the hell, KCP? Like, I didn't know you could pass. Uh, and you were, like, clean assists, too. I know, right? Really nice passes. passes. Um, yeah. Just that game four, like, we don't win without him. He's so important down the stretch. And, I like, that's the game where I feel like we clinched, you know, the title, like, going up 3-1. That's when it felt official. Um, just, I mean, I'm going to think about him the same way I think about, like, Derek Fisher hitting those threes against Orlando. Like it was that big of a moment, you know, in terms of yeah. this title. Yeah. He, uh, he became such a punchline, right. That I, I wasn't sure he would ever dig himself out of being that punchline, right. There was a house arrest stuff. There mm-hmm. was, you know, his contracts being so bloated at the beginning of his Lakers tenure. Uh, and then you go from, you go from that to <clears throat> being, 
I, you, you talked about Rondo being the third most important. Do you have KCP as third or the, the yeah, fourth? Yeah, I think KCP, KCP is third. third. Yeah, I think that's I think that's absolutely true. And uh, he is just you know he's another guy that you know if Kuzma is looking for ways to get paid, cer- certainly helps to be the the foundation of the way that LeBron arrived in LA and and arrived as a Laker. But also like Kuzma, K- KCP's market is going to be insane. If he, you know, if he, I think he has a player option this year, right? He does. And then, so if he opts, he, shoot, if he opts out of it, I personally, I would probably opt in and then see if the Lakers can win another championship. And then there, when you have, you know, fewer questions about what the market actually is going to look like and what the cap is all going to look Mm -hmm. like, I would probably advise him to opt in and then, and then have another season that comes close to this and then get paid after that. But either way, even if he opts out now, He'd be one of the most sought after free agents, especially at his position on the market, you know, which, and by the way, his position, he didn't, he didn't play his position. Right. He He's, played the one. He started point, hit point guard, you know, it's, it's wild the, the, the postseason run he had. Um, all right. My last one, I'm going to go purely sentimental here with Quinn Cook. Uh, started as number two for the Lakers, wound up switching over to 28. Uh, because he wanted to respect Gianna. And I am never, ever going to forget that moment where he's just, you know, keeled over onto uh, the, the set of bars right there in LA Live with his head just in his hands as other people are walking around. Say, hey, is that, is that, guy, is that, guy? that guy's a Laker, right? You know, and and seeing him in that moment and seeing what, what Kobe, you know, really appeared to mean to him. The moment didn't actually happen this season, but it was a moment that got played a ton after Kobe's passing. And it was when he was, you know, he met Kobe for the first time, just like how giddy he was. And I could so totally relate to, to how he felt about that. And I'm just sure, you know, that, and you saw him, you know, when the Lakers were wrapping it up and, and he's, you know, getting emotional about winning that, that championship. But that moment, if we're just talking about singular moments for me, is an image I'm never going to forget. And and hell, you know, when it came down to deciding between Troy Daniels and and Quinn Cook for who they were going to cut if they needed an extra roster spot, a big part of the reason why I didn't, I shouldn't think they they they, or I, I thought that they waived Troy Daniels, and I thought it was the right call, was because of of what being a Laker seemed to mean to Quinn cook guys like that at the end of the, at the end of the bench. Remember when the Adam Morrison trade happened and Shannon Brown was just like a, an add on to the, a sweetener to the deal. And, you know, it was like, okay, well maybe Adam Morrison might be able to, you know, kind of find his, his career all over again. I remember Shannon Brown gave, uh, gave an interview and he was like, man, I grew up loving this team. I cannot possibly wait to see what I can possibly do for this, for this organization. And I thought there, like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what, I wonder what he might be able to do. And it turned out like he, Shannon Brown had some huge plays in the playoffs and Quinn Cook didn't have any of those kinds of plays or whatever, but, but just caring about, about being a Laker and, and the Laker family and all that stuff. It's just, it's so important for, for everybody to have success with the Lakers because it's such a unique situation and that that was so perfect. Like I thought that was so so heartwarming, so heartbreaking. Uh, but but all the same, that moment with Quinn Cook looking up at Kobe was just it's it's an image I'll never forget. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been a fan of Quinn Cook for a very long time, obviously because mm-hmm. he went to Duke uh, 
won a national title there. Like there's just certain bonds that you don't, don't lose. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, I happened to be at Lakers media day this year. And the, the only thing I asked Quinn was, uh, like you've played for big program at Duke, you played for the Warriors. Like what is that experience? You know, how does that help you play for for like a franchise like this? Right. You know, how does that prepare you? He's like, well, this is entirely different because I grew up rooting for the Lakers. Like me and my dad, this is my dad's favorite team. Mm-hmm. And his dad passed away when he was young too. Like this is a bond that they shared that he's carried for mm. the last 12 years of his life ever since his dad passed away. Like that's, that's not nothing. And yeah. I mean, you, you, you talk about the moment when he went to the Memorial, right? I'm, I think a lot about the day that the Lakers resumed playing against Portland and it seemed like he was the one that was most affected he on the team. He was a wreck. He was a wreck. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he didn't play, you know, on the team, but like, neither did Jared Dudley. And I don't think anyone would discount Jared Dudley's contributions to the locker room. Like everyone that you talk to about Quinn Cook, he's, he's their best friend. (laughs) He's like every player's best friend. I don't know how he does it, but (laughs) everyone loves Quinn Cook. And like that matters. These interpersonal things matter. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we tend to underrate them, right? Like sure. Anthony Davis likes Rondo, but like who really cares in the grand scheme of things? Like it matters. And the fact that Quinn Cook loves being a Laker this much, um, especially when like everyone just loves throwing trash on the Lakers. They love saying, Oh, you know, it's like a team of mercenaries, you know, like people just yeah. are globbing onto LeBron James. No, Quinn Cook wanted to play for the Lakers. He wanted to play for this franchise that clearly meant so much to him and his family. And it's so cool that he has this moment yeah, now. Now in he's, his now life, he's right? a Lakers NBA champion. Yeah. That's awesome. It's fantastic. All right. That's a, uh... That's our list. Do you have any other? So I think players left off of it, JaVel McGee. Hmm. I feel a Avery little guilty Bradley. about JaVale because like he was so important to this team in the regular season. And yet mm-hmm. nothing is like individually significant to me. You know, like, he was just solidly good for most of the regular season. <laughs> and then like not super adaptable in the postseason, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I think like for JaVale, you know, and, and Dwight to, to, you know, on the same point though, I think to a different degree, not lesser, not more, but, but just they were there when, when the Lakers needed them, they were mm-hmm. ready when the Lakers needed them. Totally. JaVale, JaVale helped keep AD fresh so that AD could be what he was in the, in this finals run compared to everybody. Like it, even though he was banged up, he still looked like he had, uh, you know, noticeably more energy than the other guys he was going up against, especially at his position. Um, and I think that that mattered there with JaVale, but yeah, it's kind of hard to, to find a singular moment that the one that I think we probably could have gone with was, was Avery Bradley picking up that double T with, uh, Patrick, Patrick Beverly. Beverly against the Clippers. Yeah. I was just going to say the full moment, uh, the full game against the Clippers where he just yeah. rained threes and like, yeah, it so was cool. very much his revenge game against the Clippers <laughs> after everything that, that went Clippers down. Twitter. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, yeah, that. It's funny because like if the season had ended there, that would have been my LeBron moment too, right? Like when Kuzma like anoints him the king again. Yeah, Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, but that was was a fun weekend. Who else? It was. That was a great idea. That was a great idea that I just added a a little tidbit to at the end. All right. So I'm going to list these five moments uh, that I have versus Anthony's five moments. And you can tell me why my list is better. Um, (laughs) So... I went for degree of difficulty. You went Alex Caruso and Kyle you, Kuzma. You gave me the first pick. Am I not supposed to take Alex Caruso? Like, yeah, If you hadn't, I would have trashed you for it. So. <laughs> Damn, I. All right. Well, 
this is great. Uh, it's always going to be so much fun to look back on this Laker season. Just what a what a great little cast of characters we've had here. Um, yeah, I just love them so much, and they were awesome. They were so good. <laughs> yeah, it's. It, it, I'm I'm happy about this game because it forced us to stay in this moment with this team. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it's such a special team. I've now I've now spoken to all kinds of people, and I'm surprised at how many people just unquestionably go, "Yeah, this is my favorite Lakers team." This is, really? this is as good as it gets. And I, you know, I, it, it took, it takes me a little longer to get there, but I happen to agree. I think this was my favorite Lakers team of all time. I can understand that. I'm not sure that I'm there yet. Uh, just, you know, the, the Kobe of it all, uh, it's, it's hard for me to pick a team that doesn't involve him, yeah. but you know, maybe my opinions will change as I look back on this some other time, but uh, it's still a pretty good one. It's a, yeah. it's a lot better than like the Kendall Marshall, Ryan Gelly, uh, you know, Wayne Ellington <laughs> groups that we dealt with. Yeah. Uh, but slightly yeah. slight edge on those teams. Only a little bit. All right. I mean, I know for you, cause like Ryan Kelly being from Duke and stuff, like I know that was probably super important to you to, to have yes. a Dukey on the team. And then Byron Scott ruined his career. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think Kelly would have had much of a career. Okay. The, you down. had to play him at power forward. Playing him okay. at the three was a recipe for failure. Everybody knew that except for Byron Scott. Mm-hmm. I'll stand by it. We, I, I I agree that Byron probably didn't help, yeah. but a slightly framed Ryan Kelly. You cannot probably... tell me that there is a reason that Mason Plumlee is successful in the league and Ryan Kelly could not have been. Okay. Mason Plumlee has like three inches on him. I understand that, but they play different positions. I'm just saying like skill-wise. Yeah, but Mason Plumlee's skill okay. what i should have said translatable. what should i what i should have said is there's not a reason why ryan anderson had a viable nba career and ryan kelly could not anderson was a better shooter right ryan kelly is an excellent shooter when he played under mike d'antoni that was a perfectly fine team that's exactly <laughs> what ryan anderson was i found all right i found the the one this is the, this is the, the sweet one spot, thread I guess. i'm gonna keep pulling for, for the entirety of the you and I right, well, I, I didn't intend for a happy conversation about the 2019-20 Lakers to devolve into Sabrina gets upset about Ryan Kelly, <laughs> but here we are. I'm so glad you stuck around this long. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to the Silver Screen Roll podcast. Make sure you are subscribed on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your shows, because we'll be talking about the Lakers all the time during the offseason still. So uh, thank you all for listening and take care.